Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's my birthday today. Well, why haven't you told anyone? I'm pregnant, single, and on an island in the middle of nowhere. Doesn't really matter that it's my birthday, does it? I guess not. At least your birthdays will be close together, you and your baby, and that's good luck. Yeah? You think? Yeah, I do. You believe in that? Luck? I believe in a lot of things. That should do it. Okay, I give up. What is it? It's a cradle. Happy birthday. Down the hatch. transition right <laughs> lost is over but we have to go back down the hatch it is the lost down the hatch first birthday spectacular here on post show recaps of josh booger uh providing the voice of uh down the hatch was mike bloom <laughs> which was I, a surprise realized, to me <laughs> i realized in pulling that clip though uh, we have a bit of our own good luck here because yeah. Josh, you know, this is coming out on eight fifteen, which is the the birthday of Down the Hatch. Yeah, my own birthday is eight nineteen, mm. and I guess much like Claire, my podcast child and I yeah. have very similar birthdays. Yeah, see, it's good luck. Uh, I hope someone's built you a cradle that you couldn't or identify. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Uh, wow, Mike, one freaking year of Down the Hatch. Can you believe it? <laughs> I mean, it's felt like both one month and ten years yes. based on what's been going on in the world. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about, what, uh, about actually a little over 50 Lost episodes combined, if you include the podcast, we have bonuses stuff that were thrown in there. Obviously, many, many more hours than 50 actually talking about the episodes. We were so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed walking in, and I would, I would actually wager to say that our eyes have grown brighter and our tails even bushier uh from being able to talk about this <laughs> i mean i don't know i'm I'm someone who came in had obviously watched a lot of loss but i was excited to get into it from a granular perspective and as we're going to get into with, with delving into some clips from podcast pass it has exceeded my expectations 
vastly even the high expectations I set for this podcast to begin with. Yeah, you know, I there there was uh there were some moments leading up to the launch of the podcast where, you know, I I think like heading into this podcast. I don't know that it, I don't think it's unfair to say that I was the bigger lost fan of the two of us. I, oh, definitively. Yeah. I I think like this this is like very definitively my favorite thing ever. Uh I I spend so much time thinking about these characters and I've watched the show a million times. Uh and I've I've like started and stopped a few rewatches in the past uh like in terms of like i did like a blog project it didn't work out and so i i had like lost lives the podcast we did before down the hatch Mm -hmm, a, mm -hmm. a bunch of false starts i had a lot of like nerves that we weren't gonna like get this far uh, like I, mm. I, I felt like I knew myself well enough to know, like, ah, Wiggler's not going to do it. Wiggler's going to cop out at some point. He's going to have some sort of mental health breakdown. He's going to have to walk away. Uh, I haven't walked away yet. I can't say I haven't had or mental health about. breakdowns <laughs> along the way. Um, but yeah, and like, so eight fifteen twenty twenty uh, is the one year anniversary of eight fifteen twenty nineteen when we launched down the hatch and the world is very very different uh and in many ways worse uh and there are also ways in which like this corner of my universe has just grown brighter uh Mm -hmm. and that has been such a delight to have every single week that like it's at the point now where i have i uh, uh, like external forces notwithstanding uh, I have no doubt that we will finish the the rewatch, mm-hmm. and like the question is like, do we do something beyond that? And like that is a far future problem at this point. But you I say but, that now. Cut to our second birthday, where we're like, oh crap, it's like four months away. What are we gonna do next? I know it's very likely. It's very likely that we'll be pulling this clip uh, a a year from now and responding to it and be like, did I say that? And then like the clip ends there, and I'm like, did I say that? And then the clip yeah. ends there. Oh and my for God. the third it's, year birthday. It's like Funhouse Mirrors. Yes, exactly. So uh, I have just had the best time. This has been mm-hmm. one of my very favorite things to have ever been involved with, uh, professionally, personally, any of that. It's been ridiculous that we've had so many people along for the ride. Oh my we're God, constantly yeah. getting our inboxes flooded with incredible emails about Lost, which we're not always able to read on the air, uh, but we are reading in uh, with our eyes and our brains every time they come through. And it's just it's just a delight that this show that's been over for so long has you know continued to be this this source of uh, of happiness for for so many of us while so much else is off balance. Um, so I've had a blast, and I think what I'm really excited for uh, about today, and just like to tell you what the what the what the gist of what we're getting into today is, we're taking a quick break from our season three rewatch. We are currently in between Every Man for Himself and the Cost of Living. This is an optional podcast. You do not have to listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's not part of the curriculum. You've got a lot of podcasts in your queue. I'm sure feel free to 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 leave this one out. Leave it out. Uh if you've got too much if you know whatever whatever show is whatever things that you're listening to right now and this is just one more uh, it, it's not mandatory. Uh what it is is a clip show. Uh, we're mm-hmm. gonna, we're going to go back and we're going to listen to stuff that we've said over the course of the year that we have been doing down the hatch. I believe we have we have fifteen clips, Mike. Sixteen clips. I think we we ended up settling on fifteen uh, tried and true lost number. And yet, compare this to essentially those myriad 
you know, episodes that came on before premieres and finales where Lloyd Braun would sort of like talk through Lost up to that point. So just in case if somehow you were in the middle of 2007 and you're like, oh, I want to check this Lost show out. What's been going on so far? Because you don't have the capacity to catch up from the beginning like we might nowadays. You would then get this kind of weird narrated montage of what characters were doing up to that point, which, of course, got like more and more complex as more and more characters got involved. That essentially is the podcast version of this, where there's going to be a lot of us talking in the past tense, and there'll be some occasional talking about us in the present tense. And to confuse, make sure we don't confuse the two, I've taken the liberty of throwing in the infamous Michael Giacchino flashback noises uh, in and out of each clip. So just listen for those timpanies if you want to know exactly where we are. And that's one of the many fantastic things that I got to learn from this podcast, Josh, was that his name is not Michael Giacchino, it's Michael Giacchino. Yeah, but I'll still say Giacchino because I'm an idiot. Um... This is going to be great because I, my process is I podcast and as soon as I'm done, like I've, 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 you know, I've been formulating thoughts leading into the podcast. I have, uh, I have insight written out. I've got jokes written out. I've got room for spontaneity as well. But then the podcast is done recording and I, very quickly forget what I've said. <laughs> it's a uh, Snapchat uh, mentality for this podcast. I have a, like, I, I will take take a look and then it disappears. Like historically, I have a very bad memory for what I've said and what I have not said on podcasts before. Uh, like people will bring up references of stuff. I'm like, I'm sure that I said that, but I don't remember saying it. Um, so you have listened to these clips already. I have not. Uh, so it is going to be very interesting to see. Like, wait, we said that. Uh, yep. But we'll see what's familiar. What I what I stand. By what I don't, I think is is going to be fun. Though I have a feeling that this podcast is probably going to be less about like the analysis and like the serious stuff we do with Lost, and probably more about the ridiculousness of the past year. Is that how we're going to guide ourselves forward? Yeah, it's safe to say that some of our great conversation, like you know, uh, maybe sitting on characters that we were not really fans of before, but became fans of, like Shannon, for instance, <laughs> or looking at early episodes through the lens of mental health, as you and I have both used this time between rewatches to really reconcile with that and try to work on resources to help our ourselves uh, and seeing our ourselves in common with Hurley. Those serious conversations are, are sort of put in a corner right now. These clips, which uh, were very courteously compiled by the great Ben behind the curtain, what with, uh, you know, propositions from the crowd out there, including the RHAP patrons, it's going to be a lot of silly. So it's going to be a lot of laughing in the moment, a lot of us laughing at our laughing. Uh, there's going to be a lot of ridiculousness going on, which I think also speaks to our podcast. Look, those of you that are listening which I don't know how I could talk to people who aren't listening, but I'm so happy you chose Down the Hatch. There are a bunch of Lost podcasts out there at the time. They are fantastic in their own right. Uh, but I feel like ours definitely it has its own uniqueness in that we are willing to take a step into the absurd and the weird and the silly, absolutely. And I think that this is going to uh, wholly underline the brand that we have here on DTH. Yeah, we're idiots. You we're know, big idiots. We're the dumb ones. We're the we're the dumb podcast. There's like the smart ones that are out there. The storm, the hatch. We're the dumb lost podcast. <laughs> oh, you want to listen to the dumb lost? Yeah, podcast. If you want to listen to the dumb lost podcast. This is the dumb lost podcast, and this is like the the best of the best dumb things we've said over the course of a year. Uh, it's great. I'm excited. This is going to be so stupid and embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> 
It really is. Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> and I mean, there's going to be stupid and embarrassing clips for a couple of us. Uh, yeah. And you know what, Josh? Let's start at the very beginning here. A very good place to start. Yes. How about you be? You could be. Uh, you're you're John Locke. I'm Boone. I'll be dead by the end of the podcast <laughs> from embarrassment. You can guide us through the jungle, uh, through uh, through the through the, the the course that you've charted out for us here on well, this good special news for you, Josh. podcast. Uh, after you die at the end of this podcast, you will be able to come back and visit me. But I have bad news about your hair. Yeah. Yeah, my so. hair is going to look really great. Uh, see, all right. Well, let's move into the, <laughs> let's move into our first clip here, and let's let's start in the first couple minutes of Down the Hatch. So, even before our episode one podcast, we put out a podcast on eight fifteen called "In Which We Go Back," which really set up this this huge monolithic project that we are currently in the middle of. And let's hear how we introduced this podcast to the audience. So we will quickly find out that this was not exactly the introduction to Down the Hatch for a lot of post-show recaps listeners. Lost is over, but we have to go back down the hatch. It's the Lost Rewatch podcast here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler. I am joined here by Mike Bloom. Mike Holy crap, we're doing this. I'm having the most cluckety cluck cluck day <laughs> ever, Josh. Imagine that this is finally happening. I mean, it's weird to say finally, because we should admit that this is probably what, like, the third iteration of some sort of lost podcast going on on Post Show Recaps. I think this is officially the third lost uh, podcast that we've done. Like, we did a reboot, and now this is, like, a brand new thing, but technically this is version 3.0 of the lost podcast. Yeah, we're, this, is, this, this is the Tom Holland Spider-Man equivalent of lost. Hey, that's the best one! <laughs> I'm excited for it, personally. Give me all the Gyllenhaal coming onto the island, but, I mean, this is... Extremely exciting. This is a podcast that some may be surprised by. You and I did not foreshadow this whatsoever in over-the-top manners in any sort of podcasting we've been doing the past couple months. Uh, I count myself astronomically lucky that I get to participate in so many great podcasts across the podcast atmosphere. But I, I have to admit, Josh, no offense to the lovely people I get to podcast with, but this might be the most excited I am for a project in quite some time. This is going to be really, really fun. This is, as Mike says, a long time in the making. Uh, this has been a podcast that I have wanted to do ever since Post Show Recaps was a thing. It is a thing that we have attempted in the past. We are going to make another run at the island here on Lost Down the Hatch. Not Lost Lives. This is Lost Down the Hatch, a rewatch podcast. We are officially rewatching Lost as a new podcast here on Post Show Recaps, a weekly series where one episode is coming your way every single week, uh, except for when we announce time off here and there. Uh, but Mike and I, we've talked uh, already and we've we've been bouncing ideas back and forth for a couple of uh, a few weeks now, almost a month or so. And there have been uh, other moving pieces behind the scenes here for a few more months than that. Um, I've already started calendarizing where we are going to be taking this podcast. And if we hit all of our marks, Mike, uh, we're going to be we're going to be getting to the season three finale in December 2020. Like that's how far into the future we are talking about <laughs> with this podcast. I think we've got a few more pressing, urgent matters to deal with before we start talking about 2020. And even then, December 2020 is not the 2020 month that I am uh, most nervous about. 
Yes, it turned out I was nervous about all of them (laughs) every month in 2020. (laughs) Yeah, baby Josh and baby Mike, I've got news for you. Like 2020 is going to be, it's a bunch of months. It's It's a a bunch of months. As my great friend and yours, Antonio Mazzara, would say, 2020, it's a killer ride. Um, Wow. You know what I'll say? uh, Called the shot. We really haven't missed much. We've really planned pretty thoroughly uh, this podcast to the point that like, a year later, yeah, we're still on track for December 2020. That season three finale is still the deal. Yeah, to the point where, uh, Josh, you and I actually ended 2019 privately recording, what, like five episodes, yes. including the Megalith five-hour Exodus podcast oh, over the God. course of maybe two to three weeks because you were traveling, and we wanted to make sure that we had a dedicated DTH each and every Friday for to finish out season one. So, yeah. Naria Yadis here for Down Notch. Even the week that I moved, we were able to find a podcast yep. to fill in the space. So we are trying to seamlessly we've hit glide. it every single week, right? I don't, I don't think yeah. we've skipped a single week. Uh, that's awesome. That like th- like this whole podcast, I guess, is an opportunity to just like pat ourselves on the back because if we don't do it, who's going to? Mm-hmm. Um, but like this is like I, I'm like doing that like that thing. My my hands are clasped. I'm shaking them over my shoulders. Like that's that's great. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, the fact that we're you know a few episodes into season three now and we haven't we haven't skipped a week even if we've had to like get a little uh, experimental at times i think that that's really fun i'll say this uh like there, there's an energy that we pop off with at the at the top of this whole podcast series that i think like in in a bubble maybe doesn't make as much sense as as it does to to my memory of how this was recorded mm-hmm. uh because no one else was there with us but yeah. like what we had done before down the hatch was we we recapped um stranger things season 3 and you and yes. i recorded that podcast in a manner that was very similar to the way we recorded the end of season one of mm-hmm. Lost, uh, where you came to my office in New York City. Oh my um, god, I got to be in person. That is very 2019. Yeah, very 2019. We were hanging out in person, I think, over the course of like two days or so. Uh, yeah. We had like two days where we uh, attacked the whole season uh, and like binge recorded uh, a bunch of podcasts to release them like a couple times a week. Um, so that was like the energy that we had going into it. That was like the decider that like you were the guy that I wanted to do this with because we had such a fun time doing Stranger Things. And um, I don't know if it's your superpower or your kryptonite, but you say yes to like everything. Uh, <laughs> I would say yes to it being both my superpower and my kryptonite. I, exactly. Like I think it is a double-edged sword for you. So I knew that you, were, you would be in and you would be... Uh, you would like really be excited about it um but like so that's like how we burst into down the hatch you and i were already podcasting a Mm -hmm. lot at that point and i think that like the tail end of stranger things stuff um going into like we had a couple of one-offs after that we had a stranger things rpg episode that we did uh, a couple things and like at that point we knew we were getting into this mode we were gearing up for what was going to be a really big podcast project and that uh, bookends really nicely with that like period where we did five episodes of podcasting at the end of 2019 to make sure because I had a, a big trip that I was going on that we didn't miss a single week for that entire time that I was there. And that is what? So that's five episodes, one of which was a three-parter, which was like a five-and-a-half-hour podcast. Yeah. We're doing like our two, three-hour podcast thing for the other ones. Um, it was it, that that whole session from Stranger Things to the end of season one was an insane period of time where you and I were just talking to each other all the time. Yeah, and also let's remember that I believe Stranger Things, because it had a 4th of July-based episode, I think it released around the beginning of July. So essentially the entire back half 
of 2019 was us working on a podcast in some way, shape, or form. Yep. And like we talked about, you know, the, the very first podcast that the two of us ever did together was a Lost podcast. I was part of the task force that was you, me, the aforementioned Antonio Mazzaro, and AJ Mass. We sort of did we did a ranking of the episodes, but we did it in what, in retrospect, is such a weird way where we each like ranked an episode. So none of us had input on what the other person would say. Yeah. Uh, essentially, they were given the 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 you know staff to be able to make the ruling as to where that episode ranked. Uh, but then we sort of moved on. You know, we did a couple of episodes during the the Lost Lives days. I remember we did a Quan episode around House of the Rising Sun, and ooh, in translation, uh, you and I got together and we did like back to back episodes about I think it was the ten year anniversary of the pi no it was the yeah, 10 year anniversary of exodus and then immediately like the week after it was the five-year anniversary of the end yeah uh and that's the other thing as well is that i think you know another reason why you were the one that really came up with the brainchild of dth was not just uh the place you were in your life and i didn't pull it but you talk very beautifully in the in which we go back podcast about sort of the emotional state you were at in the beginning of 2019 and how loss served as that really essential comfort food to you but we were able to celebrate so far in the first year two really big anniversaries as well. We got to celebrate the 15-year anniversary of the Lost Pilot. I mm-hmm. believe it came out, uh, I want to say, like maybe in the first month of podcast that we did or so, around like maybe White Rabbit, House of the Rising that Sun. That sounds right. That sounds right. And on this is not exactly on the podcast feed, but on the 10-year anniversary of the end, we had a very fun time one Saturday morning <laughs> hopping on your Twitch stream. Yeah. We got to do sort of like a watch party of the end. We gave commentary. We ended up watching a little bit of Airplane afterwards accidentally, but that was a very <laughs> was a fun great time. Moment. <laughs> so it's been, it's been awesome to commemorate Lost in so many ways, and one of the reasons is, like, it, the timing of everything, not just in you and I podcasting together, but also a bunch of big Lost milestones from a macro perspective has been really, really interesting. So speaking of timing, I think that's a good segue into what I know you have pulled for the next clip. Uh, this feels like... this. This feels like this is going to be hard to listen to. Forty-two. Uh, where does the number forty-two come in if it's not responsible for a segment? Well, forty-two minutes—that is the the guaranteed minimum amount of time you will be getting from an episode of Down the Hatch. Conversely, every episode of Down the Hatch, we will guarantee it. We will clock in at a maximum. 108 minutes, which is the sum total of all of the numbers. We will never present to you an episode that exceeds 108 minutes, except if you look at your time codes right now, you'll notice that we're getting very close to exceeding that 108 minute maximum. And we do not want to do that. That is the last thing we want to do because if Mike Bloom and I podcast about Lost on any given week for longer than 108 minutes, then my friends, I am afraid to tell you that we have a crisis on our hands. you push the button mike oh boy well that was not a great way to start a little spook right out of the gate there
Oh my goodness. All right. So 108 minutes. If we exceed 108 minutes on any given episode of Down the Hatch, Mike, we have triggered a crisis. An electromagnetic crisis has occurred. <laughs> yes, everyone get your electronic devices away from your podcast, you know, a device of choice. Actually, don't, because what this crisis involves is more stuff lost-wise to be coming into your podcast feed. Yeah, uh, so the crisis, it's, it's, it's more like a crisis for Mike and I. Because <laughs> Scheduling-wise. It, it means that we have to add more to the plate, which is uh, not exciting for us necessarily unless we are doing stuff that's really, really fun. But it's just, it's more to do, and nobody wants to do more things. Uh, the crises will manifest in the form of Mike and I producing bonus episodes of Down the Hatch. Uh, so if and quite honestly, when the occasion arises that we are exceeding the 108 minute time limit uh we're gonna borrow a page from the great robin akiva need a podcast playbook we will spin a frozen donkey wheel of podcast options uh that what whichever one we settle on will be the crisis episode the bonus crisis episode that's gonna include but aren't limited to guest interviews i'm sure survivor lost the simulation oh that is a long time coming (laughs) The Lindelof, a.k.a. the lost version of the Wandoff, yes! uh, which is a song parody competition if you don't know what the Wandoff is. And if you don't know what the Wandoff is, I'm a little surprised and slightly offended. Uh, <laughs> other things like that. Uh, maybe the lost RPG. Who knows? Plenty of plenty of options. We're open to suggestions. We are soliciting suggestions if you want to send us uh, things to put on the frozen donkey wheel. Uh, but we're, we're hopeful we're not going to be triggering too many crises. I think like four per season. That sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds fine by me. Yeah, and we more than that, and we'll have to reevaluate the rules. And one caveat, though, uh, the 108 minute rule limit will not apply to our recaps of multi part episodes. Uh, yes, AKA, absolutely. you know, finales are usually a big to do. There might be the pilot, for example, I'm sure that is going to go over our allotted time. So we're going to give ourselves a little bit of, dare I say, wiggle room here with uh, stri- striking those from the rule that we've set up. Well, that was a lie. <laughs> wow, to be young. Oh, oh. To be so naive as to think you could do a Lost podcast that goes under 108 minutes. To, think that, to be so naive to think that Josh Wiggler could do a podcast uh, under 108 minutes. Or no, even I mean, you, Both Mike of us, Josh, yeah, we are yeah, two yeah. of the most gregarious people on the RAT network. And you just put it together. That is and it's way it's, too it's, kind of a description for us, I think. It's, it's, it's additive. You know, yeah. it's like when you say uh, two horses put together can like pull a hundred times their own weight. We just feed each other way oh, too much. Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah. Uh, so obviously that didn't stick. Uh, we tr- as- <laughs> to be fair, we tried to make it stick. I would want to say for the first like maybe half of season one. No, no. Well, we for th- for the first few episodes, it became clear that we were going to be triggering this like every single time. Yeah. And my memory of it. Is getting like a, a, I would, I would stop short of saying it was like an outright panicked, uh, text from you, but it was definitely a concerned text from you where you're like, we have to really reevaluate that rule. I think like my marriage could be in trouble. Uh, like, yeah. like, or at least, or at least my, my parenting, my uh, custodial rights, uh, might, might be jeopardy. You were like, Angela's going to be like really upset with me if I, if I do, uh, like two lost podcasts a week. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be really upset with both of us if we're <laughs> doing two lost podcasts every single week. And it was definitely trending that way. And I, I think 
to to know me at all uh, is to know that like I I like think I I like throw out a really big idea that I'm very very excited about without having like without having really thought it all the way through even though like I will come with like a lot of thoughts behind the thing but I've not really thought like the physical real like actual consequences of what this thing I'm suggesting is going to be. And it must be a very frustrating experience to either be my friend, family member, or colleague, or even uh, somebody who listens to my stuff, because I often have like a big idea and then I have to walk away from it or change it because it suddenly dawns me like, no, that is impossible. That is just not something that we can do. Um, and this was, this was a big one. We really thought that we were going to be able to do it. The more we got into it, I think also like the more fun we were having mm-hmm. it, within the contexts of the discussions. I think it was a funny idea, um, but I think that it, it was it was starting to become like, like detrimental to the discourse. Uh, yeah, or at least we would have to like do like a significant editing job on the podcast, and we don't have the time or resources to do that. To be completely honest with everybody, like it's just not something that we can do. That's a big piece of why these podcasts end up being so long. It's like. We just gotta run them. We don't yeah. have like a full team here. We've got a lot of, we've got a lot of great people who work with us behind the scenes. Um, but you know, they have their time is precious as well. Uh, so we really try and bootstrap this, uh, as best as we possibly can. Um, so all of that swirled together to, to you and I being like, all right, let's, let's eventually, let's just like kill this thing. Uh, like we'll, we'll have it that like every episode is like a minimum of 108 minutes. And then if we go, uh, under that, then we've triggered a crisis. And I think we've kind of just abandoned the whole thing. We've never gone under 108 yeah, minutes. Yeah. We, we, we got close with, uh, the glass ballerina and most recently with every man for himself. I think those went like, uh, an hour 50 something, but yeah, we've never gone. Actually, I don't know. I feel like the book club, no, the book club you guys did went over two hours. So like, I don't think we've really done any podcasts that have gone under that. But that being said, we haven't done away with the bonus shows, right. as you talked about. Like, starting in the beginning, we brought about the RPG. We, I think the first one we triggered was actually the Lindelof, which was less so the podcast and more so the, hey, send in songs for that. But we did a Lindelof. We've done a couple of RPG podcasts. We've done book club podcasts. We mentioned Survivor Loss, I believe, actually, uh, a few months after you and I uh, recorded that podcast. We got together with Rob Sesternino yep. to do on the Rob as a Podcast main feed, Survivor Lost, with the first season characters. We would then go on to really stretch the limits of our podcasting yep. by doing uh, Survivor, The End of Extinction, where we took 20 quote-unquote infamous and randomly generated uh endings of lost and put them in a survivor simulation so like we're keeping the spirit of bonus shows alive we are just not slaves to the wheel right no definitely not and like we we do them when we have the ability to do it we do it when it seems like it's right to do it um there are definitely still ones that we have not we've either have not done or have not done in a while uh i know we're going to talk about the rpg later on in this podcast but that is one that i'm really eager to get back to time permitting um but life has gotten complicated mm-hmm. uh you know we've got we've got other stuff that we're trying to do in addition to this podcast and i think if there was ever a risk of the podcast not getting this far that was it like it was like once once we broke free of kind of like structural obligation um like another good example of that is like it was originally like segmented out that we were going to play eight sounds as like its own separate yeah, segment a- after we do the entire recap of the episode. In fact, and I we just believe, folded it in. Yeah. yeah, I think we. I think that maybe started. I want to say White Rabbit was the first time we really um, merged the two because after that, yeah, we would go through the entire episode, and then we thought for some reason it was a brilliant idea to go back through the episode using oh eight clips. Oh, jeez, Mike. 
Oh, geez. Yeah. So we've had a lot of really good ideas and a lot of really bad ones, too. Uh, uh, that definitely counts as one of the very bad ones. Um, but we pivoted, and I, I think for the better, um, I, you know, uh, we, we've, t- <laughs> I've talked about this on other podcasts. I don't know if I've like outright said it on this one, but you'll notice like the 15, 16 others section is, is leaner these days. We're not necessarily reading 15 to 16 pieces of feedback every week. We're reading as many as we can, but we often find that we get through a lot of the points that are raised in the feedback over the course of our ramblings of an episode to begin with. Um, so we're just trying to like allow ourselves to be a little bit freer to the process, not slaves to the process. We just want to make sure that we're pumping out the best podcast that we possibly can. Um, but man, that is a very painful and funny relic of the past to, to listen to. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, boy. we essentially did our own like searching through our tweets and posting bad takes from years ago, except it was a year ago uh, this time. So let's let's use this Amazing. as a jumping off point because the Ben behind the curtain has compiled several moments that sort of encapsulate the best, and I'll put best in quotations, of both yourself and myself, Josh. I have clips from Okay, so these are us. not selected by either of us. This is no, this no, is no. Uh, Listen, like we're a combination this podcast, Pizza Hut but we are Taco not. Bell of the listeners and Ben's suggestions as well. Yeah, we are self-serving on this podcast, but we are not that self-serving. You know, like this is all compiled from the Ben behind the curtain and you listeners. Though these are also moments that I think it's safe to say you and I really enjoy as well. I don't think we're playing anything that we outright hate with with maybe one exception uh, in my case. But yeah, you're going to hear some some Mike clips and some Josh clips to really highlight a lot of the kookiness and a lot of the weird places we went to over the course of Down the Hatch. And I, I think we should start with uh, characters. We've created some characters. Uh, of course, we're going to start the, the me section off with the first big character, new character that is, to premiere on Down the Hatch. Lost is over, but we have to go back down the hatch. It's the Lost Rewatch podcast here on Post Show Recaps for whatever the case may be. And I'm Josh Wiggler, joined here by Mike Bloom, and we are just a couple of navel-gazing, no-fun mopey types ready to talk about the worst episode of Lost ever! Good evening, boys and ghouls. Mike Bloom could not be here, but I, Count Jacula, I'm here as the co-host this week. This is an absolute nightmare, and I'm killing it now. It's done. Count Jacula is dead. Mike Bloom, come back. No, this is Josh. already going to be. Nope. Nope. What, what nope. episode are we talking nope. about? No. Nope. Nope. Rasa? Oh, God. Would it be grave? No. How no. about through the spooking glass? This is awful. <laughs> or this is how, awful. Oh, I think it's whatever the curse may be. This is your worst bit. This is your worst bit. This is the worst bit you've ever done, and All I right. hate it. Yeah, d- 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 j- j- Count Jackal, get out of here. Okay? Uh, that was Until terrible. Until next Halloween. Sorry, uh, Josh. I'm a little bit uh, late. I got held up at the bank, but I'm here now. Oh, my God. Thank God you are here. If I had to do this with Count Jackal, I think that uh, Lost Down the Hatch would have lasted. 12 episodes of a podcast and that would have been it to be fair i think count jackley should have had a more nasally voice but it's very tough to do both a jack impression and a vampire impression in the same breath no you did a great job you did a great job you did a fantastic job oh my gosh uh the only thing worse than whatever the case may be is count jackula (laughs) 
that's the that's the bottom of the barrel as far just wait as it until goes. there's a deleted scene or lost tube when they repeat this episode and you know one of the poor hostages gets gunned down and then he comes back to life as a vampire and then that's, oh. gonna be the, that's the person chasing kate it's not edward no. mars anymore it's, oh. it's edward the vampire uh count jacua obviously the smoke monster it's not even a question yeah, absolutely. It's it's more of a, he's more of a mist monster at this point, but I think definitely a vaporous uh, villain if he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a nightmare. <laughs> uh, and Count Dracula wanted me to wish you a happy anniversary. No! Stop! <laughs> oh my god, that was one of my uh, most surprised moments of the podcast. Was when you came in as Count Dracula, it's like holy shit, what is happening right now? <laughs> What is going on right now? It uh, was it, it was like it was a beautiful nightmare, but it was a nightmare. It was a uh, nightmare. Josh, uh, you know Halloween's only a couple months away. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> the full moon might be coming out. Soon. What, so, what episode was that for? Was that that for? was that whatever the, whatever the case may be? If you didn't get it from Count Dracula's punny title, so it was from whatever the case may be. Got it? Yes, because yeah. uh, uh, I believe it was coming out on Halloween Day on October thirty mm-hmm, first. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, and I, I think, like, I was already, like, triggered coming into talking about whatever the case may be because I hate that episode. Uh, and then you starting that way was so unsettling. I was just, like, deeply unnerved by what you had done. Uh, one of my favorite things about podcasting, uh, with you specifically, uh, is the ways in which we try to, like, punk each other. It happens. Well, it happens. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah. uh, you mentioned that this is one of the times you were genuinely surprised on the podcast. Let's bring up another one, and I would say this is a new character, but I did not do his voice. I don't know. I love you, Phoebe. Doesn't have quite the same ring to it as I love. Uh, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna have to take some work, Josh, to work on our uh, Scottish brogue. Luckily, I love you, Penny. Luckily, I brought in a teacher uh, oh, to help no. us. So uh, oh, no. I'm just gonna we're gonna we're gonna he'll come back in with Desmond, but I just want to say hello to our teacher. Hey! <laughs> Who is that? Shrek. It's, it's Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> you dense, irritating, miniature piece of burden! Wow, Shrek. L- we're just teaching Josh, okay, how to speak in a Scottish brogue. <laughs> All right, so some inside baseball on how Down the Hatch works. If you haven't been able to figure it out by now, uh, Mike has the keys to the soundboard. I do not. I have no ability to insert the sounds into into down the hatch. So like almost any time there's like an audio gag on down the hatch, it's all on Mike Bloom. And you always surprise me with this stuff. Like when you learned how, how to speak Korean and then French and now Shrek. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. All right. Don't need to apologize, Shrek. It's okay. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> did you like, did you assemble a Shrek soundboard or are you just using a Shrek soundboard? No! No, I, I found one online. All right, good. I was gonna say that you have a child, Mike. You can't be spending your free time building Shrek soundboards. Do I have a child or do I have a little donkey? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, now I'm not going to ever be able to think about Desmond without thinking about Shrek. Yeah, I think we made Shrezmond a thing now. Uh, Shrekmond. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. I recommend you forget about Shrekmond as quickly as humanly possible. 
And yet, how could we? How could we? How could we forget about Shrekmund? <laughs> exactly. We were trying to forget about Shrekmund, and then Shrekmund replied, Whoa, 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 hold on now. <laughs> we cannot get rid of him. You know what's funny is that as I was re-listening to that, uh, in my mind, I was thinking about what I would say when we came back, uh, and what I was going to say when we came back was everything that I said in the past. <laughs> like, just in some inside baseball, Mike has the keys to the soundboard. Uh, I was, and that's why uh, he knew how to speak Korean and French. Uh, yeah. So I guess I haven't changed all that much. Listen, um, you're consistent in multiple perspectives. One of them is describing the inside baseball. It's the only thing you know about baseball is related to the Shrek soundboard. The only thing I know about baseball is what's inside of it. Which is, I think, cork. I think is it cork. I think it's cork. I meant like baseball, like the the like what's the soul? Oh, you mean more what's in the, the metaphorical baseball? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think the smoke monster is a baseball? Definitely, a hundred percent, absolutely. Should we give an MVP point to a baseball when Dogen shows up with a baseball? <laughs> Listen, we're going to be looking for a lot let's of people to give MVP points let's, to. Let's try not to forget that we want to give Dogen an MVP point for or Dogen's baseball. We won't be getting to season six by our second birthday, so maybe we'll play this to remind it. Also, I looked it up. Uh, baseball has a rubber covered cork core. Hey, how about that? How about that? How about that? Um, Shrekman was hysterical. Uh, and, and, and it was great because at that point, like you were saying, you were like, I got to introduce someone. I'm like, oh, shit. Here he goes. Here he goes. Here goes Mike Bloom. Ready to rock. And Shrekman, it's, it's been a while since he's appeared. You know, I think we've trended more towards Groundskeeper Willie uh, <laughs> in season three. Yeah. We'll see what, what other season, Scottish uh, counterparts. Okay, maybe a fat bastard or two will make an appearance. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Well... Look, it's lost. Uh, we are people who are never going to turn away cockamamie convoluted theories about the show, because that's what makes the fan base so much fun. And we're certainly going to get to a couple. Let's go to mine first, uh, because this is a pretty ridiculous conspiracy theory about Lost, even by my standards. Here he is with Susan. He and Susan, they're going crib shopping, and then they start talking about how Michael wants to name him Walt. Wants to name him after his father, Walt. So the fact that he wants to name Walt after his dad, Walt, like, strikes me as like they probably had a pretty good relationship, Michael so, and Walt Dawson. Here's my first theory, and this is going to be off the wall, Josh. I'm very excited to get your thoughts on this, because it goes back to Michael's parents. Like you said... We, we know a bit about Walt's mother. You know, he's the one who in Exodus sort of freaks out on the phone in the airport calling her and saying, like, hey, I don't know if I can do this. Can you take him? Very bad, you know, uh, job considering that Walt is listening nearby. But we don't know anything about Michael's father except for the fact that Michael wants to name him after his father. Here is my theory. What my theory presupposes is that Michael never knew his father. <laughs> Because, you know, all the best daddies, it it just connects back. And it also makes sense in that one of the reasons maybe why Michael's having such a tough time parenting is he has nothing to base it off of. You know, if he grew up in a fatherless household, he can't necessarily say, "Okay, I'll just raise Walt the way my dad raised me when I was 10. Because he doesn't have that situation, which puts him even more, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of of a greenhorn. So my theory here, my little headcanon, is that Michael's father and mother both met and got, you know, a uh, congenial when they were working together in one of the Disney parks in the 70s, whether it was Disneyland, Disney World. 
etc. After getting congenial, Michael's mother got pregnant. Michael's father realized that that's not something he wanted to do at this moment. He pulls a Thomas. He leaves the state. Michael's mother is left, you know, without her partner as she raises this child. She raises the child alone, but not really alone because she still continues to work at Disney which means that young Michael Dawson spends a lot of time in the Disney parks as well. You know, the babysitters are hard to come by. So he sort of ends up tagging along with mom to work and hanging around the park. As Michael becomes more uh, acquainted with the Disney parks, that's when he begins to fall in love with this concept of animation. And that's when he decides to, you know, maybe pursue art. He also has a little bit of interest in construction, you know, watching the roller coasters and the way that all these different types of buildings and architectural styles that are used in the parks So when it comes to Michael having his own son, he decides to name him after his father, but not his biological father. He wants to name it after the father who built this magic kingdom that made Michael the person he is today with the interests he has today. And he decides to name him Walt after Walt Disney. (laughs) Is, Is this is this real? This is my theory. <laughs> Your theory is that Walt is named after Walt Disney? <laughs> and you mean it? I mean, is, it a, is it a joke or is it real? I don't I, know. I mean, I just sort of like made the connection because, I mean, it's also interesting as from an ABC show, you're looking at like Walt, hey, is named after, you know, Walt, there's a guy named Walt affiliated with ABC who is responsible for also has a link with animals, also, you know, was uh, was denoted as special, you know, held a, a big place, uh, worked a lot with children, sort of had a childlike uh, imagination. There's also a guy named Michael. Uh, there's certainly a Michael affiliated with the Disney Corporation who's known for making bad decisions and uh, sometimes being a little personally brusque and being a not so well regarded character. And so it just made me think like, I don't know. The thing that really made it connect for me is like maybe Michael was inspired by Walt Disney to like start wow. drawing things. You know, I, I feel like this theory might have legs before it gets run over by a car by the by our listeners. Mike, I got to know, were you punking me or did you mean it? Why not both? <laughs> there can be sincere punks. Another favorite thing of mine on Down the Hatch is when both of us like throw out a cockamamie theory that um, it's hard to know whether or not we actually believe it. Mm. Um, and I and I and I mean that like both like it's hard for me to know if you believe what you're saying, and then sometimes it's hard for me to know if I believe what I'm saying. <laughs> so it sort of works in both ways. Like mm-hmm. You don't believe the words that are coming out but of I, your own mouth. I mean, I couldn't tell in that moment whether you were actually serious that you believed that Walt was named after Walt Disney. And to be fair, you know, about uh, a year or so, not, you know, not quite a year later, I, I still don't fully know. I still don't fully know. It hasn't been debunked, which means it's (laughs) confirmed to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's no evidence to the contrary. You know, there's this is an active kill. Yeah, exactly. Darleton hasn't come out. You know, Harold Perrineau, Malcolm David Kelly haven't come out and said no expressly. Walt was not named after Walt Disney. So I'm going to choose to continue to keep believing it because, damn it, 
when you're owned by the mouse, you gotta pay lip service to it, especially when you're a nubile show, right? When you're a show just starting out, gotta grease the pockets of the the company that's helping keep the lights on the beach. Now, would you say that the show at the time was um, a Will Baby show? Oh, God. Well, it's perfect timing. Just a tiny Will Baby of of a TV show? Well, we talked about Little Baby Walt and who he possibly was named after. Going to get into this clip where, again, as as I've said, Josh and I have an opportunity to get really personal about Lost. That's one thing that I've really taken away from this rewatch and what makes this project so special to me, after we just talked about the episode special, is because you say so many times, Josh, Lost meets you where you are. And I think a lot of places that where we are right now in life, in both the world and our personal lives, sort of maps onto the way that we view episodes and characters and uh, in watching an episode of Fire Plus Water, which I know during whatever the case may be, Josh, you said was the worst episode of Lost. Uh, from a from a ranking perspective, it is currently the worst episode of Lost, according to our ratings. When we got into Fire Plus Water, I realized that one of my deepest fears slash annoyances was seated in this episode. Let's take a di- deep dive into the psyche <laughs> of Mike Bloom as we listen to this. <laughs> merciful <Okay>. cut <laughs> alright Josh I have to come clean about something to you this is something I haven't told my wife or my parents anybody in the world wow the so, powers that be so definitely just tell me yes. uh, and not all of the people listening to this podcast there is something that I've discovered in the myriad pieces of pop culture that I've taken in ha- really really unnerves me sends my skin crawling like makes me sort of break out in a flop sweat for some reason makes me feel disproportionately uncomfortable to the innocence that's being portrayed on screen that thing is adults acting and dressing like (laughs) babies i don't know why but every time I see it. My heart goes into palpitations. My legs start jittering. I need to get up and do something. I feel like I can't be sitting there. I feel like what I'm watching is wrong. It's not right. I'm a pretty open person, you know, but this is where I draw the line. That's your line. That's my line. Who are you coming with? As long as you're not wearing diapers, you're fine with me. Yeah. So I'll admit that, yes, some people might find this scene comical. This scene is one of the most cringeworthy to me in lost history because its highlight are four grown men <laughs> wearing diapers. I think now I love the scene. <laughs> I think I love it. I think I love it. <laughs> I think I love it. I think I do. I think I love it. I've cited this as like the reason why this episode is bad. But look, life is hard right now for everybody. Uh, like I've had like a fairly rough week this week, and watching this, I could not stop laughing. And now hearing how personally triggering it is for you, for like like intangible, indecipherable reasons of like you just like feeling like there is something 
cosmically wrong yes. about adults dressing up as babies, which I'm not necessarily refuting, <laughs> but doesn't send my skin crawling off my body as it does for you. I was sitting skinless on my couch. <laughs> my skin moved to another room to be like, I'm out of here. Until th- we come I th- back. I think that that only moves the needle upward on no! you all, everybody's for no! me. No! Because, because I think it takes a lot to find something that is like too far for Mike Bloom. <laughs> like what is what is it what goes past full bloom? <laughs> it's it, it's, some, it's some some adult it's an adult baby. Yeah, it's really like even just hearing the word brings up a visceral image in my mind <laughs> that I'm not going to be shaking, Josh, for hours. I'm going to be trying to... You're so not going to shake things. it like uh, one of those buddies. Uh, oh, that, my God. Or like... Uh, and then they're wearing a rattle, and he has a pacifier in his mouth. And there is like sort of like this demonic smile on Dominic Monaghan as he's like shaking his smile, delivering the line of you all every butties. That just feels wrong. It feels uh, wrong. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. And the tech, they're on 53 takes of this. Like, unless this is some like... <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola shit. Uh, like, clear yeah. that Liam's screwing everything up. He's <laughs> off on the kicks. Apparently, uh, him, and we'll talk about, there's a huge making of documentary for this episode of all episodes. Uh, apparently, Liam falling through the bars of the crib was like a complete improvisation that they decided to go with. Uh, at least well, after 53 takes, you know. On the bright side, Charlie finally got to sing the lead on this one. Mm-hmm, that's true. That's true. Uh, he gets to he gets to sing it out. He does sing the chorus to you all, everybody. After all, yeah, and you all, every putties, the the parody song. If only Dirt Spigot could do this, Josh. They do it in much less than fifty three takes. Oh my god, uh, I am I'm, I am deceased. I'm dead. This is just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, where I don't know go. if I want a group called Dirt Spigot advertising my underwear. <laughs> no, definitely not. I don't think Dirt Spigot. I feel like Dirt Spigot, Spigot would be a nickname for my child at a certain point in those first few months. <laughs> well, they're going to get the job because Charlie and Drive Shaft are going to get fired because Charlie won't ditch his brother. He's my blooder. He's my he's my blooder. He's, it's a bloody disaster. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised if Charlie was speaking like a baby because he got he's so my- into character. <laughs> he's my blooder. Oh, oh, oh! Hi, he's my blooder. Oh my god! It's oh. Change my, di- change my typo. No, 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 no. Oh, my. Give me my, give me my bottle. Stop. 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 <laughs> my bottle stole my bottle. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm like on the pit, the t- pit end of my chair right now. I'm ready to jump <laughs> out of it and uh, like send my nest askew at this moment of electronic equipment. Oh, I got the willies. I got the willies. Not not the dropping a load variety, but because of that baby talk. Like, this is me in real time freaking out to these types of things. Are you feeling rattled right now? (sighs) 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 Is the the down the hatch coverage of the you all everybody's moment, the you all everybody's of down the hatch? (laughs) I think it might be. Like, people are witnessing me going through a nervous breakdown <laughs> the podcast. Here. Do we need to stop down? Do you need to gather yourself? Or do we just need right, to move, just on move on? Okay. Let's just move right, on. All right, we'll move on. It. Let's go back to the grown adults, please. You know, that, that lived up to the hype for me. I don't know if it did for anyone else. I think for the tail end, look, we're going to, to Perry Como, Papa Loves Mambo, the exact opposite end of the age spectrum. <laughs> 
You really don't like babies, huh? Or I'm, adults who I'm talk like that? Hovering them? over <laughs> the end call thing right now. <laughs> oh, we don't have to linger on it. I think we just listened to a lot. Yeah, a lot there's, a, there's a lot. We don't need to belabor the point. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, even though people are in labor to give birth to adult babies. Uh, but yeah, it's something that man. really. Just even just like listening to that clip and imagining drive shaft in the diapers and Liam strung out, probably using the diapers like that just really gets my mind in a very udgy place. Yeah, but but you you exposed yourself in a way that I felt like this was a vulnerability I didn't feel that bad about exploiting in the moment. (laughs) So if 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 this was like a more deep seated fear of mine, you would have felt bad about poking that bear. Yeah, I don't know if this makes me a bad person or, like, a mean-spirited guy, but, like, it felt like this was an opportunity to, like, get you back for Count Jackula. <laughs> that was the, the, the long con! Uh, it, was, it was the long, the long con. Count. It was, like, you know, like, like you really, really got under my skin with Count Jackula. I had to pay you back with adult babies. <gasps> uh, I guess an eye for an eye in that regard. A diaper for a diaper. Well, look... <laughs> If there's one thing I'm known for in the RHAP universe is going, I think what Josh and Antonio once coined the term full bloom, and we go pretty full bloom uh, during a certain part of our Confidence Man podcast when talking about the utility of certain foods in the bedroom. Let's take a listen. I mean, on that note, uh, I think that the the advent of ice cream in Sawyer's sexual exploits is not a very well-thought-out idea. You know, I guess it's on her for suggesting that dish. But also, ice cream is a colder temperature. Uh, I feel like when it comes to the erotic food tactics, usually it's, you know, strawberries and it's chocolate. It's not something that's wow, usually so stored much in insight. a freezing so temperature. Much insight here. Uh, yeah. You know, it'd be like, oh, can't wait to pour these uh, enchiladas on you and eat you <laughs> like a dish. You know, like, don't go at any extreme temperature. Okay, enchilada lovemaking to the frozen donkey wheel uh, for the next iteration of the frozen donkey wheel. May we never go under no. two hours so that we can never, so we can never be at risk. So we'll never eat enchiladas off of each other. <laughs> Now, Mike, because we do get so personal on this podcast, I have to ask. No, I'm not going to complete this. Well, I will say, incidentally or not, I I did eat enchiladas before coming on to the podcast. (laughs) Today? Like an hour ago. Oh, my God. I don't want to find out what you did afterwards. Uh, I might need to visit a burn ward after this podcast. Oh, no! Uh, From the flame station to the staff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love using Dharma stations as euphemisms. Why have we not done that soon enough? Uh, But yes, I mean, we just covered a Sawyer episode. This is the first Sawyer flashback episode. And he has had many partners. We don't know if enchiladas have made their way into any of them, if he trusted Cassidy enough. We can only hope. We can only hope. But yeah. I guess we'll see. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of eating, let's move into the Josh Wiggler highlight side of things. Uh, because, you know, we spent... I'm so bit, nervous what you guys pulled. We spent a full uh, back half of season two really lauding the advent of the Henry Gale character and the Michael Emerson performance in general. But we were starting to get to a period where Benjamin Linus was going to get found out. We were in The Whole Truth, affectionately also known as The Whole Tooth. 
uh, because this is the episode where I think we said where Rose, where Bernard, uh, Hurley gives Son a bar of candy, and that's how we remember it because Bernard doesn't like cavities. Uh, and so, Josh, you sort of provided an out that Benjamin Linus could have used to stymie the search party of one suspicious Saeed Jarrah that would eventually expose him as not who he says he is. They go on the walk. They reach this cliff. That's part of the map. Uh, any commentary on the map that uh, Henry drew, by the I'm, way? <laughs> I mean, it seems like something like a parent would come up for their eight-year-old, right? Like a backyard <laughs> adventure. This is where the treasure yeah. is in the sandbox. Yeah. Like, what did he say? Like, start here, mountain, hill, balloon. The, the island's full of these things. Like, good on, good on these people for actually being able to find the damn balloon, given those extremely vague instructions. I'm assuming that's yeah. why Ben purposely made them vague right like i'm not sure how much he actually wanted to send them there because obviously you know he he might have a little inkling of an assumption that they would dig up the real henry gale and completely disprove his story i I think he knows that it's a risk but i think he also must figure like i gotta give them something i have to show them the balloon and then if i show them the balloon then i can infiltrate them further they will be like all right he's who he says he is and then, like, he'll start, like, showing signs of, like, medical distress and then being like, Jack, my back. Oh, there's something wrong with my back. Could you? I don't know if you could just, like, look at my back. <laughs> you know, like, I think something like that. Yeah. So he thinks, it's, like, it's, it's a roll the dice type of move. How crazy are these people to find out if I'm one of them? Is Saeed really going to? And he doesn't know that Saeed is going. And maybe he assesses Ana Lucia right. as not savvy enough to go digging underneath the balloon. For the body. Um, Also, like, maybe he shouldn't have, like, said that that's where he buried the body. Uh, If there was a body to be found there, maybe he should just say, like, uh, yeah, I threw her body out to sea. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I gave her a Viking funeral. (laughs) I I ate her. I'm so sorry. I ate her. It's part of my trauma. It was the the only thing that could bring me closer to home was eating my wife. You ate her? Where are her clothes? I ate those too. I'm a clothes eater. I was hungry. It was two months. (laughs) There's literally no trace of her. I ate the bones. I ate the toenails. I ate it all. All All of it. The whole thing is gone. My teeth really hurt because I got all of her food stuck in my teeth. I what, need to you see learn? a dentist. It's the whole tooth. What'd you learn in there, Saeed? He ate his wife. <laughs> he ate his wife. Uh, yeah, so he should have said that and then should have told them about the balloon. They're like, oh, well, there is the balloon. Uh, so I don't And know. his wife is up there because he <laughs> ate her. Because he ate her. There's no sign of her. Uh, so story checks Except out. you know what's going to happen. Saeed's going to kill somebody and be like, go ahead, eat him. Yeah, yeah, prove to me that you can do it again. <laughs> yeah, but it's Ben. He would do it probably, you know. <laughs> well, I suppose he, if I got any milk. <laughs> yeah, he might have a hard time like, hey, okay, can we uh, boil some of this leather? Like, I think he'd have a hard time <laughs> with the clothes. Uh, but I think he would he would be game to game to do it. Please um, eat his shorts. <laughs> eat my shorts. <laughs> That's what it is. We don't even have to kill him, but he takes his shirt off. <laughs> Go ahead, eat, t- eat this right now. <laughs> like, oh, but won't you be cold without your tent? <laughs> I'll just get another. Don't worry one. about it. <laughs> I'll find another one. Or Mr. Echo, your shirt's falling off. Can we get this? <laughs> well, yeah, get- maybe, maybe Mr. Saeed gives Mr. Echo's little beard hairs to bed. Yeah. Go ahead. I eat know you these. can eat the beard hairs. 
Uh, and then what if Ben eats them? And he's like, mmm, delicious. And they're like, oh, God, he might be telling the truth. All right, uh, I guess we'll have to let him go. Shayid's shirt and Drago's beard. The dumbest thing. Anyway, so that's clearly what he should have done if he didn't want to get caught. Uh, <laughs> 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 What's going on? I should notice at the point that we said this podcast went way off the rails was like about 30 minutes before we suggested that Ben should have said that he uh, ate his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we have a good time here. That was a foolproof plan from my perspective. <laughs> from both sides, Ben yeah. could have said he ate his wife, and Saeed, mm-hmm. in turn, should have indeed taken off his dirty yeah, tank top yes. and said, prove it, eat this in front of me. I think, like, listening back to this, and it's been a little while, not, like, terribly long since that podcast, but, like, I stand by everything we said. Yeah. Like, I think, there's, not, I think, there's not a bit of it that I don't still feel very strongly look, that uh, that should have happened. Saeed Jarrah's seen a lot of shit in his day, but yeah. I don't think he's seen a full-out cannibal. Like, I think that's something that he could legitimately blanch at, and he is not one to blanch. He ate his wife, and you believe him? I do. He ate my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Just poor Ben Lyons being like, Jack, I need you to operate on my back. Also, please check my stomach. I ate a shirt. I I have found that uh the 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 key to my podcasting success if I've had any is as long as I'm having a good time it seems like the people who stick around are having fun so mm-hmm. the amount that we were laughing in that moment I I do wonder was that was that a moment <laughs> that everyone was laughing at or was it just us and if it was just us I'm really okay with that well, speaking of wondering things, uh, let's move from a clothes eater to another type of clothes eater in The Moth, the episode The Moth. You said we just talked about a recent episode. This is all the way back. Took epi- me a second to realize you were talking about the fact that moths eat holes through your clothes. Yes, exactly. Not okay, Charlie, cool, not Charlie it. Pace. <laughs> that's, that's another- not the bloody clothes eating god. <laughs> Hidden talent from the bloody rock god. But Josh, this is the first episode that really sets up uh, what I would call probably one of the most mimetic moments of down the hatch where you decide to make a presupposition about whether or not a creature appears in many many different forms on the island any chance that the moth is a dead moth and it's the smoke monster and the guise of a dead moth the smoke monster Yes, I love this idea that the smoke monster is now bugs. I think we've just become so paranoid that every episode Everything we're going to be like, the smoke here's a creature, could this be the smoke yeah, monster? Absolutely. All right. And how often do we say, like, that's the smoke monster? Quite often, because it's the smoke monster. Yeah. To the to the most recently, I think we have now turned the smoke monster into something that can shrink down and crawl mm-hmm. inside your body. Yeah, it can control your vocal cords. It can control uh, your ears. Yeah, it can enhance your hearing. Yeah, uh, so I guess it's definitely it, going to come back as more bugs later this season in expose. Yeah, and I mean, it was a bore before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took many. There was it was arguably Dave in the episode Dave too. Mm-hmm. So the smoke monster has appeared throughout its time on the island. Since we know that it is officially canon, I think one thing we like to do in Lost is really try to retcon and headcanon what was currently happening in the show, knowing what the future of the show is going to look like, even if Darleton did it at the moment. And I will say the smoke monster has made his way 
into many a random thing that will appear in the island from time to time. Yeah, and, you know, uh, in in terms of, like, the historical place of this podcast, falling in between every man for himself and more to the point right in front of uh, the cost of living, mm-hmm. which is going to be the Mr. Echo death episode via Smoke Monster, we have a lot of thoughts on, like, the long game of the Smoke Monster, which we know a bit more of um, uh, nowadays, now that we know who and what the Smoke Monster is all about so uh it's it's a good it's good joke fodder but i i really do think that one of one of the things that delights me the most about lost is just like the head cannoning of everything Mm -hmm. i find it to be very like just a very fun like relaxing place to be because i love these characters in this world so much so i i don't care if any of it's real or not i just enjoy it very much and there is a big piece of smoke monster lore that is coming up in the cost of living that I've been very excited to to get to for many moons now. So, uh, is, you know, there's no question that it's the smoke monster that destroys <sighs> Mr. Echo. The question is why? And, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about all that. I think that's going to be fun. Unless we get to another Bopo theory and there's two <laughs> smoke monsters and one's good, a clone of the other. Good. It could, could be. Well, there used to be a theory. <laughs> It's real. There used to be a theory that there were like two smoke monsters. There's the man in black smoke monster and Jacob had a smoke monster form too. And that was like what the white light was all about. But interesting. Um, you never see anything about that. Well, Josh, one of the big takeaways that we've had through Down the Hatch is you have said many stories about the great times you had in college mm-hmm. getting to watch Lost with your friends. There are many moments. You've talked about the infamous uh, the one of the people at your watch party predicting that Ben was somehow the leader of the others back when he was Henry Gale. Uh, but I think one of the things that really gets taken away are certain line readings throughout the course of Lost that have become stuck in your brain over the course of time, no matter how many time streams you jump through. So we're going to do <laughs> on a couple here. This first one is from that aforementioned five-hour Exodus podcast. Uh, another flashback. We go back to, to the airport in Sydney, and this is uh, we're continuing the scene where Sun has spilled the coffee on Jin. Uh, we briefly see Saeed with some airport attendants. Uh, this is literally the only uh, Saeed we get in this episode of uh, of a flashback variety other than when he gets on the plane. Uh, I have a plane to catch. Uh, and then Jin goes to the bathroom, and here's a man in a Hawaiian shirt asking Jin if he can pass him some paper towel. And he goes, oh, you don't speak English. I'm sorry. And then the man in the Hawaiian shirt goes to the paper towel dispenser and in Korean says the words, ah, here's a paper towel. Uh, the inflection with which he says those words, one of my absolute favorite line reads in the history of television. Yeah, ah, here's a paper towel. I mean, it's supposed to be surprising and a big twist, right? It, it's going to be like menacing, right? Yeah, like but it's at the same time, it's the yeah. most, me- <laughs> the least menacing line ever. Like, ooh, a paper ah, towel. Here's a paper towel, which and is Jin, less, and, which is le- why I love like how Jid's reaction is kind of like more bewilderment than fear at first. Like, and it's why the Hawaiian shirt guy has to like clarify. It was like, okay, so I work for Peak. Uh, I work for I work for your boss. I know that you're trying to run away. You can't do that. You got to go to L.A. You got to do the thing. And if you do anything else, you'll lose son forever. You're never going to be free. You've never been free. You'll never be free. And like all of that is like really sad and scary and stuff. But for me, 
it has never read as threatening because it has all stemmed from the godhead of, ah, here's a paper towel. Well, also not to mention that he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> and not to say that people wearing Hawaiian shirts can't be intimidating. I mean, uh, like, I Hawaii- mean, Dodgson, we got Dodgson here. Yeah, and, and Hawaii 5.0 is like, uh, you know, which Jin is going to be a part of was, was built around doing that. But at the same time, like, Wearing a colorful flamboyant shirt and not looking as just from a body type the most intimidating does not really read as a gangster. I guess that's the point is that he's supposed to be like show that, hey, Pake has eyes everywhere, even in the most milk toast touristy right. guy. It's like Dark Army. Yeah, but also I'm interested as to why he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt in Australia. Like if they were filming in Hawaii, which they were, it would make sense as to why he's wearing that. But I can't imagine many people wear Hawaiian shirts <laughs> outside of tropical climates. I just love that so much. Ah, here's a paper towel. Which is a less intimidating line. Ah, here's a paper towel or... Here's a paper towel. If you oh, there we go. I think we found the, the perfect marriage. <laughs> so great. Oh, my God. With a pretty low divorce rate, I believe. Could you imagine ours running in and just like grabbing a paper towel? So it's just uh, the perfect yes. combination. Yes, I can. And now in 2020, you go to a grocery store and with stars in your eyes, you say, ah, now there's a paper towel or there's toilet paper. (laughs) There's a toilet paper towel. Yeah. New context. Context is king. Yeah. So this was a a big line. That's what I love about this too, Josh. There are little moments that like you have always identified that I have never realized. And that's what the fun thing about watching Lost too is, is the show is so densely packed from a visual and audio perspective that you lose so many things, even the first three or five times you watch it, that going yeah. back, you get to pick up on so many little things, whether incidentally or not. In this case, it's just the poor accidental delivery of this guy playing menacing Hawaiian shirt man uh, ends up cementing itself in down the hatch history. Yeah, uh, I've always loved that line. I had such a fun time talking about it on the podcast. Uh, it's just ridiculous. What? what <laughs> why is that the thing he says to reveal? Guess what, buddy? I speak your language, and here's a paper towel to prove it. <laughs> well, he is asking for a paper towel initially, suppose, so maybe I he suppose, wants to use the Duolingo and like do the literal translation. Yeah, shall maybe. Easy, maybe. Easy, he can seamlessly go <laughs> yeah, through. Could but, be. But Josh, this is not the last time you're going to open our eyes to a particular line reading, as I think we're all looking at Michelle Rodriguez a bit differently after you pointed this out to us. She has the gun out. She's asking a lot of questions and they're very tough questions. And it's only at the very end that he starts to suspect that maybe she's asking uh, too many questions about the gun. But by the time he puts that together, she hits him in the arm and takes the gun and she's got the gun. And she has what I would consider to be within my own personal lost fandom, an iconic line. Uh, and the iconic line, more of an iconic line read, is uh, Michelle Rodriguez as Ana Lucia Cortez uh, calling to Mr. Echo, Coming out! Coming out! Coming out! Was, was Echo uh, I don't know how many times I have said those words in Ana Lucia voice over the course of my life. Uh, once again, with my, my friend who I say, I'm so sorry, Wiz. Or, uh, this ah, is, this, now that's a paper towel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this has really stayed with me. Is coming out! 
coming out. <laughs> now we're, we're, this is not the flashback. We're in the present saying coming out. We're coming out of a flashback. I forget what we said during, um, uh, when we were listening to the very first clip, the introduction to Down the Hatch, but we were like talking about how there's going to be a new episode, uh, coming every single week. And like current me was like, quietly whispering to myself coming out <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's definitely invaded like every podcast that i do yep uh i said it on the wiggle room the other day i'll, I'll say it until my dying day this is like i i found like in in certain podcast projects like there's like one or two things that 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 continue on and become like these are the iconic lines for me to continue saying past the point of the project like for the evolution of strategy, for me, it's it's it, it, it's happening. It's real, mm. uh, and I think for down the hatch until further notice, it's probably going to be coming out or further instructions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have one that is my epitaph as well. C O M I N capital G G O U T capital O U T is like I know it's, it's tough to, to emphasize a line reading on a tombstone. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, hopefully that was on Anna Lucia's tombstone. Oh yeah, uh, uh, coming in. To her grave. Well, let's talk about someone who died alongside Andalusia. Sort of. She died shortly thereafter. But someone who shares a, a grave plot with her. Going back to our cockamamie theories, Josh, when we did the episode, Dave, you came up with the ultimate unifying theory as to what the hell Libby is all about. She's one of the most enigmatic characters in Lost history. This is your Libby theory in two parts compiled as one. I I don't feel like I need permission to view Dave as the man in black. I think I could just choose to look at him that way because I think the episode is more thematically strengthened that way. Like whether or not it's like the man in black can pull a manifestation from your head, a memory, an image from your head and embody it for a period of time. Um, or Dave is secretly Libby's husband and she escaped the Santa Rosa when Dave escaped Santa Rosa and they ran off together and then Dave uh, won a lot of money, bought her a boat died because uh, Libby like clocked him in the back of the head because he was annoying and she buried him in the bottom of the boat and then gave the boat to Desmond as a gesture of goodwill but actually as a means of hiding the body and uh, Desmond takes the boat to the island and little does he know that he has uh, had a dead body in the, bo- the bowels of the ship the entire time and Dave's body is now on the island and now the man in black can connect oh that's Dave that's the guy that Hurley knew from the mental hospital that was photoshopped out of the picture by the dastardly Dr. Brooks uh, let me take him on and see if I can lead Hurley to jumping off a cliff i can live with that too uh so there are ways in which i can live with the logic that dave is the smoke monster i don't really care i just really don't care like i think like uh it's just it's just it's viewed better that way i think it's just it's it's a more exciting episode and whatever logical leaps you need to take in order to get to dave is the smoke monster Take them, because I really believe that it's a better episode when you view it that way. Yes, and Eric Divestein had asked us, can you fill in the blanks with some fan fiction? What happened to Libby between Santa Rosa and her meeting with Desmond? And Mike, I believe that I have presented my fan fiction. Uh, I have presented my fan fiction that Libby comes from the future. She lives a long life with Hurley. And when she comes to Hurley in this moment, at the end of Dave being very evocative of the end itself. Uh, Do not mistake coincidence for fate. Why not read it that way? The Lost never is going to explain it for you. If you need an explanation for Libby, there it is. 
It's just time traveling Dave marrying Libby. I'm still not sure about the Dave marrying aspect of it, personally. <laughs> That's the part. I'm the least married to that, uh, personally. But the Dave marrying gets uh, Dave's body to the island uh, so that the smoke monster can wield it against uh, I don't know if we need that part. Like, I just think, maybe I just appreciate Libby as too much of a character yeah. for her to be like, really? She's knocking boots? She's knocking slippers with Dave? No, it, it, was, uh, it was the paper marriage. Paper marriage. What, does he need a green card? Yeah, a green card to get to the island. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's ninety day fiance lost edition. Look, I'll get, I'll, you know, I'm fine to lose the yeah, Dave we're, marrying. Yeah, we're workshopping part. her. Your ending here, I would say, let's scrap the Dave marrying thing, and yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, uh, but I, I think it works. Why not? I think time travel really does just answer a lot of the questions uh, that are left hanging by Lost. Look, I cannot knock your ending while simultaneously saying that I liked my version of Michael naming his son after Walt mm-hmm. Disney. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you have found your version of that, and I am celebrating the heck out of it, sir. I think mine is a little more plausible than Walt Disney. Oh, okay. All right. I well, do. let's not throw coconuts here. No, I'm going to throw those coconuts, Mike. Time travel is part of Lost. Hurley is the new man in charge at the end of Lost. Uh, why wouldn't he uh, be able to, to go off island and meet a Libby who is from that time? And then she uh, goes back in time knowing that like she has to in order to continue the time stream and keep everything on track so that their beautiful life together occurs. Again, I believe all of that. I, I maintain every single thing that I said in, in that, in that, uh. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's officially lost canon. I think that, uh, you know what? Lost PDF, fire it up, edit it. It's officially sanctioned now. We've, granted, we've the ones that are stamping the stamp of approval, but I, I think it holds a lot of water, much when like this, the Elizabeth. When this, uh, when this podcasting gig, Mike, lands us the keys to Lost 2, it's going to be truly canon. Like, that is, that is where I'm going. With oh, this. just you wait until the opening yeah. episode of Lost 2 when we go to Disney World and it pans, yeah. much like yeah. the, uh, much like the first episode of season five, it like goes inside Walt Disney Studios and Walt Disney, uh, is sort of there raising baby Walt for some reason. And we have to figure out exactly how that happened. Yeah, I like it. I like it. That, that can definitely be a part of it for sure. Well, we've, we've done enough highlighting of our individual selves. Uh, let's talk about two other characters that we have embodied. And I'm not talking about Count Jackula mm-hmm. and Shrekmond. Josh, you and I have had the opportunity twice now to play Billy and Ronnie, two other characters, much like Nikki and Paolo, who we've been very recently introduced to on the podcast, who were there. They were on Oceanic 815. The they entire cra- time. They were there the entire time. They crashed alongside everybody else, but they are far from the action. They occasionally get into, you know, uh, into some conflict or some dialogues with other characters, but they are pretty much doing their own thing while the main action is going on. We, of course have done this with the fantastic Rich, a.k.a. our Philly, who has been our Jacob shepherding us through all these ridiculous scenarios. So we're going to play a couple of clips from Tales from the Island, our RPG series. Uh, The first one we did actually came right after Walkabout, all the way back nearly a year ago, when we were introduced to these two characters. Here are the opening minutes of Tales from the Island.
open on an eye because, of course, we open on an eye. It's an eye that's covered in sand, blue in hue with specks of red, blood from the passengers of Oceanic 815. But don't be freaked out. It's just a fake eye. It's just a glass eye that has been squashed and strewn about the beach of the island as Oceanic 815 has just crashed. The wreckage still smoking as survivors of this improbable act of disaster are running all over the beach, screaming for their loved ones, trying to make sense of their circumstances. And one of those people is Billy Wallace. And Billy Wallace is the owner of this fake eye. And he is covering the empty socket that he hopes nobody will see. He is so frazzled. He is so scared. He is so anxious. He is so confused. But most of all, he feels very, very mortified and self-conscious if anybody gazes upon his true face. So with one hand over his eye, he is scrambling across the beach, looking to find this missing item that is so typically snugly in his head, and there he sees it across the way. He has to hop over smoking pieces of, of jet plane and, and, and bodies, B-O-D-Y-S, that he is climbing over, and he is just within reach of the small orb on the beach, when suddenly, a big black-booted foot stamps down on Billy's eye as he looks up in simultaneous frustration and a startled moment. He sees a nicely toned pair of legs leading up to a six-pack beyond all belief to a pair of pecs with a giant gash across it. But that is the only mark that cuts through the beauty of the one and only Rodney Sesto. The man with hazel green eyes looks back at the one-eyed man he had just been gathering some seawater to help wash some of the the cuts that were going on with all the people in various circumstances a a triage was almost set up around Rodney his attempt to assist in at least some regard before a a man named Jack Shepard will eventually take over as he vaults out through the jungle he looks down and sees the, the, the eye that he stepped on not even realizing that he was just a small rock at first. Rodney picks up the eye curiously between two fingers, putting his task aside. He looks down at the man clutching his eye and simply asks, This yours, man? And Billy responds, You stepped on my eye, Sticks! Uh, uh, he not thinking of any sort of comeback in true Rodney fashion. He simply throws the eye back to Billy, turns around, accidentally splashing a bit of water in this poor one-eyed man's face, and goes back to running. And this is the start of a terrible friendship. I laughed so hard just now uh, reliving you saying uh, a six-pack Beyond all belief. It's just, it's such a great turn of phrase. And I'll, cause I also like imagine like Rodney having your head. Uh, but just so this like, like big 
bulky yes. body. Yeah, like your head on this gigantic bulky body, and just like I love imagining you having this sense of self. It's like my six pack. That's beyond all belief. You thought that you, you could believe this six pack? A pair of pecs. It's just, <laughs> it's just it kills me. Billy and Rodney are the best. Uh, these these two goobers. We haven't, we haven't visited with them in a while, and I'm really eager to get back to Billy and Rodney. You know, it's interesting that you say they're the best, because they are certainly capable of doing the worst. Let's go to our second uh, Tales from the Island series, where Billy and Rodney will run into a couple of familiar characters, and things do not go well. I think um, it's at this moment you guys hear a voice from the jungle behind you like, that was fantastic. Hey, guys. And like you turn and a, and a figure steps out, um, clearly having been following you down the trail at a distance to, to keep himself concealed. And we see um, this, this sort of dirty, blonde-haired man, his hair tussled, uh, you know, a week's worth of beard stubble growth on his once clean-shaven face, and I think he's got a, a blanket from Oceanic 815 kind of tied around his neck, and then again around his waist, uh, kind of like a like an apron almost, and he's holding a, a large knife in one hand, and he kind of waves at you with the free hand. Don't, don't worry, I don't know if you guys recognize me, we haven't formally met yet. I'm Chef Jeff. Oh, Chef Jeff! Uh, oh, Ronnie picks goodness. up a stick and pure animalistic instinct throws one of the pointy sticks at him. Oh, no! <laughs> Chef Jeff screams as the spear goes flying at him. Rodney, roll a, a body plus force roll. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that is six dice. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. All right, peace, Chef Jeff. Not bode well for Chef Jeff. Yeah, that's a success. All right, and uh, to interrupt the success, uh, Billy goes, no, no, that's Chef Jeff! And he picks up another of the spears and throws it at the spear that Rodney had thrown. Oh, sweet mother of Moses. So where Rodney has fired this spear off with his incredible physique and power, it says it hurtles through the air towards Chef Jeff. Billy snaps into action, throwing his. So we're going to have you make another body plus a uh, force roll to see Which if you what? can intercept. It's just three, it's just three just straight three. three. Oh, yep. boy. That's a failure. Yeah, so I assume that now both spears thud into <laughs> Chef Jeff. Um, yeah, yeah. Billy's spear clearly like hurl, hurtling towards Rodney's and Chef Jeff is like, no, as the first spear just, 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 it harpoons him right in the soft belly through the blanket of the Oceanic 815 apron that he's wearing. The locks, the, the knife that he got from John Locke falls helplessly to the ground at his side as he clutches it, bending over, at which point the second spear hurled by Billy Wallace uh, just just smashes into his shoulder, spinning him around as he falls to the ground in silence, blood beginning to wool up underneath him. And Sullivan's like, oh my God. God, what have you done? It came out of nowhere. That was another boar. Billy looks down at the ground and picks up another spear and looks at Sullivan and raises and and throws it at Sullivan to keep the guy quiet from telling it. <laughs> Sullivan just. Like, Billy, what are you? No! 
And so uh, go ahead, roll again. Three uh, dice right, for Billy. Three. He tries to harpoon Sullivan. There's a success in there. Oh God. Oh my God. Um, he he got a success. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh no, Sullivan, uh, his hand straight up in the air, like in a helpless gesture of please, no, as the spear plunges into his chest and he staggers backwards, falling over flat on his back, the spear pointing straight up into the sky, coughing. <clears throat> I think uh, we see Sullivan reach up and scratch at the rash on his neck. As, as he slowly stops moving. All right. So, oh my God! What have we done, Rodney? Oh Rodney, God! Rodney slaps Billy and says, "I got an idea. Don't <laughs> hurry. What have we done? What do we do? What do we do? Do we just, eat first? Just shut your mouth. <laughs> grab the boar. Let me do the talking. A shocking development." <laughs> They we murdered killed people. two people. We killed Sullivan. That's why he never came back on the show. Oh, my God. And not only that, later on in the episode, uh, you're going to kill, I should say, Billy is going to kill at least one other person when he tries to ride a boulder at the caves and crushes mm-hmm. a poor woman underneath it. The thing is, we haven't done another episode since then, because, like, how do we top that? <gasps> I, I don't know how much more blood we can possibly get on these characters' hands. They're swimming in it. Yeah, uh, I feel like around the time of Expose uh, feels mm. like that is very much the right time to do another episode of the Lost Art PC. Does that imply so. that that's when Billy and Ronnie are going to die, just like Nikki and Paolo, and then we're going to have a sort of like a media res flashback as to how they got Paolo-lized? Well, I do, th- I do think, um, you know, if we do one per season, uh, their season six storyline probably does have to be the Flash sideways, so... I expect that they probably have to die by season five. Unless they're out in the jungle with Rose and Bernard. No, no. Rose and Bernard wouldn't have tolerated them. Plus, they probably would have murdered Rose and Bernard. They probably would have murdered Rose and Bernard. Yeah, or Bernard would have, like... Get off my lawn and like shotgun them to death. But Yeah, but if uh, if Bernard did kill them, you know, he'd feel feel really sorry afterwards. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh, Bernard shamefully disappeared from season three so far because he's probably was made fun of for his crying. We've we've had some fun on down the hatch over this past year, as I think what we learned today. I think so too. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I've got. That's it, term- right? I don't I don't remember doing anything else over the course of these first. I'm, I'm pretty sure we got. Let me just. Uh, oh, I'm here. Oh, some- hold on one sec. My phone's ringing. Everybody with me, we bring something. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? This my line. Everybody with me. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? Everybody with me, we bring something. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? Of course, we couldn't finish this without talking about DJ Drinks on Me. Are you serious? Yeah, probably the most notable contribution to the lost discourse uh, over the course of Down the Hatch is uh, the revelation of uh the the true identity behind dj dom which was something we were absolutely fascinated with uh when we got to numbers and it led to i think it was like a 10 minute conversation about uh about dj dom uh that i died so thoroughly over (laughs) that like we went through it in the in the actual doing of the thing i pulled the clip 
played it for my wife who doesn't <laughs> listen to Down the Hatch at all, listened to it with her, and also listened to it like three more times before the podcast came out. It cracks me up to this day thinking about it. It was just like one of the most ridiculous moments in time uh, in my podcasting career. I think we probably ought to just play that in full. We're going to play sound number three here, and it's going to begin with Hurley on the beach with like a, a shirt around his head as he's like trekking towards the wire. And then it's going to not the show. And it's going to segue to a flashback with Hurley and Carmen on the road. And we'll play some of that. But then we very quickly are going to need to talk about the sound that we hear at the very top. Oh, of this oh yeah. Clip. We're going to so, have to wrap it all up. So let's, let's, let's get into it. Everybody with me, drinks on me. Hey, y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? This my line, everybody with me. Hey, y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? Everybody with me, drinks on me. Hey, y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? This my line, everybody with me. Hey, y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? Is that your man? Where are you taking me? You know very well I don't like surprises. Oh, you're going to like this one, Ma. I mean, after everything you've been through? Mm. Like, Grandpa? Dios lo tenga en la gloria. Did they have the funeral? Mm-hmm. All the Aguilar getting struck by lightning? Man, that was a freak storm. And Diego moving back home after Lisa left him for that waitress? Don't mention that whore to me. I'm just saying... You deserve something good to happen. You know, ever since I won the lottery, it's like we've had nothing but bad luck. Like, I don't know, the money's cursed or something. Ow! That's blasphemy. You know very well we are Catholic. We don't believe in curses. Jeez, Mom, just talking. Josh, this is the most god awful song I've heard in my Mike, life. Mike, can you do me a favor and can can you can you just play the the beginning of that sound again? Oh and, yeah, and 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 cut it cut it off when when uh, Carmen asks Hurley to to take the the sound out. Yeah. I, I well, just I I just need to to hear who you came with and who you're living with one more time. Everybody with me, drinks on me. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you living with? This my line. Everybody with me. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you living with? Everybody with me, drinks on me. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you living with? This my line. Everybody with me. Hey y'all, who you came with? That. It's awful. It Mike. is terrible lyrics. Mike, do me just a, I need a, just a quick solid from you if you don't mind. Um, would you mind just playing that song again just until like Carmen tells Hurley to turn the music down? I just need to hear that just, uh, just one more time if you, if that would be all right. Okay. One, one more time. One more time into the club. So, Josh, surprise, surprise, this is an original composition. Mike, Mike, 
There's no way. What is it? What is that? What is you this? know? You know, you what know what it was. That? It's Damon Lindelof. Michael Giacchino's like, great. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to go on a cruise because Uncle Tito didn't. Uh, and it was like, great. Crap. We need some music to back this up. OK, uh, let me come up with some rap lyrics. Uh, OK, everybody in the club. Drinks uh, drink on, on me. Oh, who you came with? with who, who you, you leaving with? with. Great. It's okay. my line. Everybody with me. Who you came with? Y'all who you living with? Just, just, just throw it into just throw it into a beat. And I think we've got a. Uh, we got a nice early 2000s hit there. I think we're Mike, good. I, I want to find... So so here's the thing. So nobody knows where that song came from. This is like a piece of... of this is a missing piece of lost lore that nobody knows how that song came to existence. There are people who have tried to find that song independent of Lost. It has not been found, which leads you to believe that, yes, it was created specifically for Lost. Why? Why and who? Who did this? And where can I buy the rest of the album? Um, Mike, I, I, I really hope that I am going to be able to do like a phone interview with Damon Lindelof fairly soon uh, as it pertains to Watchmen. And you better believe that I am, I am going, this will be the lost question that I ask him. Yeah. I I have, I have to ask him, I have to get to the bottom of this. Uh, I don't know that I am going to be able to deliver an answer anytime soon. Maybe we'll edit it into a podcast so we don't have to leave everyone in the lurch once I know the answer. Um, but I have to find out because that person needs a Wombat Station hat. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we need to find out the soon-to-be poet laureate who wrote drinks on me parentheses everybody in the club <laughs> mike uh i actually just before we move on uh there is one more thing that I, w- I would love it uh so much if you could if you could just play the song again just like one more time because we've played it three song three times i feel like it we mm. gotta play it a fourth time yeah absolutely or like the studio behind it that made that is gonna like go into bankruptcy or something okay, assuming cool. that it still yeah, exists let's just play it one more time all right from our mystery DJ, here comes drinks on me parentheses. Who you come with? Who you leaving with? Everybody with me, drinks on me. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? It's my line. Everybody with me. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? Everybody with me, drinks on me. Hey y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? It's my line. Everybody with me. It doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> hey, y'all, who you came with? Who you leaving with? Everybody it's my in the line. club. Drinks on me. It's so great. It's so great. It's so great. It's so good. Also, why would <laughs> it's extremely rude for you, sir, to approach people in the club and say, "Hey, who'd you come in with, and who are you leaving with?" It's <laughs> a very nosy person. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, want, I don't want the club busybody. I don't need him buzzing around. Listen, and you can't just like buy that information out of me. I don't care that you're buying. Drinks drinks for everybody in the club it is not your business to know who i came here with and certainly not who i'm leaving with and you're making a lot of presumptions sir that you think i would even want to get with somebody look i know you're showing a lot of uh, a lot of wealth in buying everyone drinks you didn't say what drinks i noticed are you going for the happy hour well drink special and being a cheapo depot if that's so i don't want to be the knocking boots with you later on if i want to be the person that you're leaving with and I guess, like, if we want to be more fair to the singer, he does say, it's my line. Like, this, it, it, does that mean, like, it's just a thing I say. I say, who'd you come with? Oh, you with? No one takes it personally all I, the I time. I took it like, more so, just, like, like my, my catchphrase. I took it as maybe, okay, you know what? Maybe the perspective is this is from a guy who owns this club. 
And so he's looking at the line of people outside. Oh, it's, yeah. That's my line. You know, like this is my club and that's the line of people that are coming in. And we, I see who they're coming in with, but who they're leaving with. That's the big mystery. Well, if he owns the club, then he's got, I do think he has uh, somewhat of a right to know. At the yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like who you come with, who you leaving with. Do you have a ride home? Yeah. Do you drink responsibly? Get home safe. Everybody with me. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, like, everybody I mean, with bought, me. I'm a designated yeah. driver. Nobody yeah. drink and drive at the same time. Yeah. So like if he bought drinks for everybody, uh, then potentially everyone's wasted and he has to make sure everyone's getting home safe. Oh, I love this. He piles everyone into a school bus that he is also his. And yeah. he decides to host a caravan of driving people home, and he wraps a, a fond farewell to them when he drops them off. I know that we're veering away from the numbers by 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 doing this, and we've already gotten to an even no more. the the bus seats twenty three. But I do just I I do want to hear it one more time just to just to get the lyrics right and make sure that we feel like we've covered it thoroughly. All right, so now listen and see if you're if we're coming in from the perspective of the proprietor of this eponymous club. If that sort of changes uh, the, the lasciviousness of some of these requests. Hey, with me, drinks on me. Hey, yo, who you came with? Who you leaving with? It's my line, everybody with me. Hey, yo, who you came with? Who you leaving with? Everybody with me, drinks on me. Hey, yo, who you came with? Who you leaving with? It's my line, everybody with me. See, if you look at it from that regard, it almost sounds like it's like the tale of a very responsible <laughs> business owner. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also uh, a, a, resp- a responsible person because he's he's not just buying drinks for everybody in the club. He says everybody with me. So who came with him? The people mm. that came with him, he is buying their drinks. But to, to uh, broad brush that and say that he is buying drinks for everybody in the club, I think is uh, attaching him to something that he did not sign on for. Uh, and I think that that's fair because like you assume that he knows the people that he's brought with him. Uh, and so he's going to he, he knows who's drinking, who's not. Um, he He's just not buying like you know, full on, uh, full drinks for complete strangers. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe he's also seeing that some of these people are caught up with maybe some seedy looking people. It's so like, Hey, who are you leaving with? I just want to make oh, sure. Yeah. And so like, he's going up to these people who are like, Oh, that guy's buying drinks for that huge crew over there. I bet we could get free drinks from him. And then he's like, ah, 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 ah. all right. Are you, are you with me? Are you with part of like this group that I brought in? Okay. Who, who'd you come with? Yeah. Who are you leaving with? It's, a you test. Leaving? it's like, do you know Spencer? I, I don't know. And if you know. Like, yeah. I came I, here with Spencer. I'm leaving with Spencer. That's a trick. Spencer's not yeah. part of my crew. I don't know if you know, but it's my line. That's my line out there. So I'm going to let you have to let me know exactly what's happening in here. You know, I am someone, you don't know how much money and how much time I put into this. I had to take out a loan. I don't know if my kid can go to college after this to build this club and capitalize on one of my greatest dreams. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that nothing shady or illegal goes down here or I'm going to be on hot water. You know, it's it's me, DJ Squeezy. It's my line. Yeah, it's my line. I am in I am in deep trouble if you are not of age and I've bought you a drink or if I've bought you a drink and you do something shady afterwards. Like I'm going to whether or not like I'm legally responsible I'm going to have that on my conscience forever. Exactly. And you're going to report me to the Better Businesses Bureau, too. And then yeah. I won't have a line and I won't be able to afford buying drinks for everybody just because you didn't tell me who you came in with, nor who were you leaving with. Yeah. OK. So anyway, so that happens <laughs> in the show. Uh, I think we just then- gained the most sympathy for uh, a rapper behind a random 30 second clip of Lost than I've ever seen. That's my new favorite character on Lost. What should we give him a name? Uh, I don't know. The genius who created 
everybody with me. Oh, I bet uh, D- DJ drinks on me. <laughs> DJ drinks on me. That's good for now. Oh, my God. Uh, soliciting uh, names if we do not come up with a better one by the end of this podcast. Oh, my Ridiculous. God. We, we have came and left with so much since then. <laughs> and, of course, that, you know, it, it, it's such a journey. It's not unlike the, the Wanda journey for me, uh, mm-hmm. for those who, who know my Survivor podcasting hijinks, is that I didn't care for Wanda Shirk, who was singing all these songs on Survivor Palau by the time I reached uh, the Evolution of Strategy Volume 10. Uh, chapter 10 when we were talking about survivor of palau and then like over the course of like many many jokes and many many like uh repeated instances of like considering wanda she became like my favorite person uh of all time became like my my mascot for for podcasting and like i think like there was like a similar trajectory of like at first being like this is the worst song ever with dj jinx on me and now it's like one of my favorite songs of all time uh no irony like i just i it means the world to me because we were able uh through the help of the great mark douglas we were able to track down chris the glove the great creator of dj drinks on me uh and that song which he i believe is called who you wit Mm-hmm. Um, is the name we had the the DJ Dom exposed party, uh, and there's just too much gold from there that we I don't think that we can even uh, no. isolate one single clip and, from and, it. And, and Glove is just such like an enigmatic personality that I feel like taking anything out of context would just wrong him. So I very highly encourage it's it's one of our uh, shorter podcasts. Though again, that's not saying much, but essentially. It ends up sort of becoming an interview slash expose in a manner of speaking with Glove, where he talks about being able to record the song, what the song was about. We found out exactly who DJ Dom was. There, of course, is time traveling and possibly uh, reality bending involved. This is so staggering to me, Josh, because like you said before, we're the Dumb Lost podcast. We just played yes. a bunch of clips that shows how dumb we are. But honestly, it is a source of pride in my heart that one of the biggest mysteries in lost history, because before down the hatch, one of the biggest question marks, not the episode was, okay, where the hell did that song come from? Cause Michael right. Giacchino certainly didn't make it. You know, it seemed like in production, nobody really knew who wrote this random ass 15 second, uh, not somewhat nonsensical song. And so we sort of put that question out there into the universe. The great Mark Douglas, as you said, did some deep diving And we found a treasure chest in the form of Glove. And now I sincerely take with joy the fact that on the Lost Wiki page, lostpedia.com, the song now has us sourced as identifying who wrote the song and what the song was. Like We we have made the Lost History books, and they cannot take that away from us. It's the one thing. It's the one thing we did, and I'm very proud of us for having done it. Uh, I'm very proud of Mark for the detective work. And I'm so thrilled to have Glove uh, in my life in in the capacity that that I have him. We occasionally slide into each other's Instagram DMs. Uh, I put something up on Instagram a couple weeks ago that was like a black and white photo of Emily Fox, my wife, uh, grilling in Maine uh, and saying, like, this is my album cover is what she said. And uh, (laughs) Glove slid into my DMs like, I'm ready. 
I'm ready to collaborate. <laughs> so it's like, Whoa! There's, there, there, are some, there are some moments where uh, like he comments on my stuff, and it's it's always a blast. So uh, yeah, he's he's terrific. That was, I, I think that that also is representative of like a, a bunch of the people who like we've either become like pen pals with or outright friends with over mm-hmm. the course of this podcast. Whether it's uh, you know uh, the great Ben behind the curtain, who's become a, a huge part of my life, uh, John Krause, who we've done uh, the book clubs with, our Philly. Uh, Fitzy, who's doing all the social, like, and any number of people, people who write in, uh, you know, the, the regular customers. There's so many of you that to, to even attempt to name everybody, we're just not going to get everybody. Um, it's been a blast. Like, I think that this has been a podcast that has, like, um, it's, it's made my life larger in all the ways that I would want it to, uh, and exceeded my, all the expectations that I possibly could have had on it. Could not agree more. And again, I set the expectations extra high because Lost is a show that is so near and dear to my heart. Uh, but I had never, despite the running gag about how many podcasts I appear on from time to time, I had never really engaged in a project that went beyond a few months. Right. Because usually we're used to covering like a season of television, which is typically going to go for a, a few months, not once a week every week for 52 weeks with some bonus episodes thrown in occasionally. So this is brand new uncharted waters for the two of us. But unlike what happened to the raft at the end of lost, it is smooth sailing here. I have had legitimately the time of my life getting to do this. I have cried on this podcast. I have of course laughed many, many times over the course of this podcast. I've had realizations about characters that I hated before, loved now, loved before, did not like anymore. There are so many different ways that this show has changed me as a person and continues to change me as a person. Lost is a blob. It is an ever-shaping show. and we Lost are, is a smoke monster. Yeah, and we are also smoke monsters in our mind that we change and we are shaped. So even if you're thinking out there like, I don't need to rewatch Lost again, I bet you dollars to donuts that you are in a different place in your life that when you rewatch Lost, there are going to be certain things, people, or characters. Uh, I guess people and characters are the same thing, but moments that you associate yourself with more or less than you did before. And I cannot thank enough people who are joining us on the ride. Look, Josh and I are kooky enough that we could totally do this on our own to no audience whatsoever, but it has meant the world to me and beyond to hear so many people say, you know, I'm so happy you have this. Uh, I, you know, even if it's just an excuse to rewatch Lost again, people have watched Lost for the first time and then went back to listen to this podcast, which is a great excuse to get lost into your life. The stories we've heard uh, about what Lost has done for them is truly staggering and reminds you both how large and small this world can be that one sort of out there yet so heartening TV show can bring so many people together from so many different walks of life, much like the passengers of Oceanic 815 under a crazy old umbrella. It's just, it is, it's beautiful, uh, for lack of a better term. And I'm so happy that we're not done yet and we're nowhere near done yet, especially because we're about to get into some really incredibly beautiful moments in Lost. You know, I, I looked back on the previous episodes that we did, and I'm like, oh, man, we got to do the pilot and the end of Walkabout and, you know, the Wrath launch and Exodus, uh, you know, Anna Lucia and Libby dying. And then you look ahead at all the great stuff. We still have to go, and it just puts the biggest smile on my face. 
and I'm so it's got a lot of good podcasting coming up. Yeah, exactly, I think. and I'm I'm so happy that you all are there with us. And that being said, keep sending stuff in. You know, we are willing to entertain everything and anything, whether it's feedback about the last episode, whether it's theories about the upcoming episode, whether it's parody songs, whether it's Stefan Johnson, who tweeted to us uh, basically uh, a narrative of what our usual point systems for MVPs, LVPs end up being, which was a nice little look in the mirror at my own biases (laughs) in a a very fun way. But this podcast is only as strong as the community that that builds it. You know, uh, listen together podcast alone. And I, I think that we have felt such a great sense of people out there on these audio beaches. And considering where Lost is going to go, I can't wait for this group to keep building and building over the next year plus. Uh, when we celebrate the second birthday of Down the Hatch, we will be a few months away from the end. Uh, so it's, it's, this is a, this is a, a time right now where, again, external forces notwithstanding, we still have a lot of road left to walk. Uh, but the next time we do this, and we will do this again next year, uh, we will be, we will be closing in on the finish line. So let's enjoy this while, while we still have so much time left. Uh, and, you know, let's, let's, let's have fun. Let's, let's chew on the themes. Let's chew on the characters. Let's find the meaning that this show, uh, you know, posits that you can apply to your own life during these crazy hard times. But let's lose our heads laughing over the DJ Dom stuff that we uncovered cover along the way uh i love being the dumb lost podcast i think we have such a good time here and we've got a lot of time still on the clock uh very very excited about what the future holds for this podcast and what the immediate future holds mike is uh is the cost of living that's where we're going next we're back on track fridays uh for the for the podcast for the foreseeable future uh we appreciate you tolerating the past couple of weeks of wonkiness then again if you're binging these podcasts you're like i don't i didn't get any of that none of that made any sense to me um but we are back on friday starting with the cost of living uh the final mr echo episode a huge mission statement in the smoke monster story arc as Mm -hmm. far as i am concerned and i'm really really pumped to dive into it yeah after celebrating our birthday next week we celebrate mr echo's death day yes in a manner of speaking big moment for the character i know it, it drew a few raised eyebrows back in the day as i mentioned at the end of every man for himself but it's a big episode in so many ways and i cannot wait to see how things look in the lens of the previous four episodes, in the lens of the smoke monster, which as we talked about during the monster of it all, now that we know the full story, how does that play into it? And I'm sure we're going to have a lot of random theories along the way, because this is Down the Hatch, the Dumb po- Lost Podcast, <laughs> and I'm so all happy right. to be done with you. <laughs> yeah, same, same, and we are not done with any of you, so happy birthday, Down the Hatch, happy 815, all you Lost fans. We'll be back very soon with The Cost of Living, and as we close out, Mike, there's only one song to be played. Everybody with me, drinks on me, hey,